If your faith in Christ is not leading you to live a lifestyle of devotion to Jesus, then you're in danger. It's a message that America needs to hear today. Saving Church. This beautiful April morning here that we have. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Thank you everybody for coming, for joining us for church service this morning. Thank you everybody that's going to be listening to this via the internet or wherever you hear it, and CD or wherever you hear it. Thanks be to God. Thank you for joining in. I'm Pastor Ed Spagnoli. And again, this is Gospel Saving Church, small church in McKinney, Texas. Anyway, we're going to open with a word of prayer this morning. So if you guys want to join me in a word of prayer, we can ask the Lord to bless the service and bless our time and bless my teaching and bless our ears. And So uh, join me in a word of prayer, please, God. We love you. We praise you, God. We thank you, sweet Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here today. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that's going to listen to this message over the Internet. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that's going to listen to this message over the whole world maybe someday, Lord. And definitely the people that will be listening to this message all over America, Lord God. It's a message that America needs to hear today. It's a scary message, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help people see, Lord God, the truth as they hear the message, Lord, that you're going to preach today through me. And the scary statistics that I found this week, Lord God, when I was looking up this stuff for this message, Lord, I just pray that you would bless the message, bless the hearer, Bless anyone that it's going to hear. Bless me. Bless the message. Bless this home. Bless this small fellowship. Bless everything, Lord God. Keep Satan out. Keep his, keep him from attacking us, Lord God, today. Is why I pray we, we'd be able to think clearly today, Lord, as we hear this message and as we listen along. I pray we wouldn't get tired or we wouldn't our mind wouldn't get distracted or wandering off in the middle of nowhere, Lord. I pray that you would help us to stay focused on what you have to say to us today. And Lord, of course, Lord, may we be hearers of the word and doers, Lord, not just hearers only, deceiving ourselves. God, I pray your will be done, Lord. Draw people to this place. Draw people to yourself. It's in Jesus' name I ask these things, God. Amen. So, continuing on through the Sermon on the Mount. 
Praise be to God. Uh, we'll, only one more week in the Sermon of the Mount. We'll be ending next week in Jesus' final words on the Sermon of the Mount. We'll, we'll be moving on, probably not to so such a topical type of teaching. But for this week, we've got the last, uh, I mean, one, of, one of the last big ones, and it is a big one. Uh, the title in my New King James Bible is I Never Knew You. Um, it's uh, Matthew chapter tw uh, 7, verses 21 through 23 is where we are this week. And actually the title for this message on my end is Statistics Show All. So the title, Statistics Show All. So let's read the verse. Read the verses, and then we'll get to going. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Let's begin. Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of, of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, or cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So as you heard, as we just heard, and I hope you heard, this section of scripture is one of the scariest sections of scripture in all the Bible. It scares me so much. We're not going to talk about it right now, but as we move on, you'll see. But this section of scripture frightens me. It frightens me for the current world we live in. It frightens me for this current America that we live in. So let's jump into the first half of verse 21 and let's get discussing. Jesus says, first half, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. What is Jesus saying? Right off the bat we see him saying that not everybody who calls him Lord, Lord, is going to go to heaven. So not everybody who professes Jesus as Lord will go to heaven. What? I don't understand. When you take it in conjunction with Romans 10, 8 through 10, I hear this one quoted to me a lot on the streets. People quote this one to me on the streets all the time when I evangelize. And Paul writes, but what does it, the scripture, say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, or, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know how many times I've heard, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The Bible says that if I confess him as my Lord, I'm going to be saved. Well, Jesus just said in Matthew chapter 7, 21, not everyone who calls me Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So not everybody that calls Jesus Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, even though Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Is Jesus confused? Was Paul confused? Did we find a contradiction in the word of God? I mean, well, let's take the word Lord. Let's go to the Greek, because we always got to go to the Greek and make sure that we're right on and make sure that we're 
accurate word Lord in the Greek is kiros. Here in Matthew chapter 7, because words are used, in case you didn't know this, just a little food for thought, since it's a very statistical message anyway. But words in the Bible may say, okay, so in Matthew you may have a word Lord. But in Acts or Romans or Revelation, that same word Lord may have a different Greek meaning. But in the word English, in the English word, we really just kind of slap a Lord on it. So just because words say Lord in two different books of the Bible doesn't mean that they mean the same thing. So we have to sometimes go, I have to do this a lot, I have to make sure the words line up from one book to the next. Because it could have been the particular writer or the way he used it or the, the, the pronunciation of it. So the Greek word here in Matthew chapter 7 for Lord is kiros. And it's defined as the one that Jesus is using as he to whom a person or thing belongs. About which he has power of deciding. Master. Lord. That's the definition of the word here in Matthew. That's the word that Jesus said. Everyone, so he's saying, not everyone who says to me, Master. Lord. Uh, the one whom I belong to. Not everybody who says that shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that's pretty harsh. It's pretty scary. So in Romans 10, 9, the word is also kiros. And it is the same definition. He to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding master or Lord. So it's the same word. It's the same word for Lord that Jesus uses and that Paul uses. So what is the difference what is the difference? Paul says, if you confess him with your mouth, the Lord, you should be saved. And Jesus said that not everyone who comes to me and says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So what's the difference? You find the difference in the context of the scripture. Look at the back half of verse 21. He says, not everyone who calls me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So what is Jesus saying to us here? What he's saying to us here is, God doesn't want lip service. James writes about that same lip service in his epistle, James 2, 14 through 20, where he says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and be filled. But you do not give him the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say to you, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. And I will say, Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe in trouble. But do you not know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Now, are Jesus, and, are Jesus and James saying that we have to work for our salvation? That it's a good work that saves us? Absolutely not. But Jesus is saying, just like James says here, the example of a relationship. If you see someone destitute on the street and poor, and he has nothing, and you say to him, Oh, brother, God bless you. Oh, I, I pray your belly be full, and I pray you'd be warmed, and he doesn't have a blanket, and he doesn't have any food in his stomach. Just because you had faith to pray, you didn't do anything about it. Jesus is saying here, 
Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So it's not enough to call God or Jesus Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, Master, you whom I belong to. Oh, Lord, oh, I love you. But then you go out and you don't do the will of the Father in heaven. Jesus says, just because you called me Lord doesn't mean that you'll enter into heaven. Only if you do those things which the Father says to do. Not works, but God has things that we ought to be doing if we call Jesus Lord. We need to find those things out and go get them. An example. A man says he loves his wife. But then he never comes home but for an hour or two a day. And when he's home, he doesn't talk to her. Doesn't say anything to her. He goes and plays on the computer and really does nothing with her. Does he really love her? Absolutely not. A father says to his child, Son, I love you very much. Oh, I love you. Gives him a big hug and then walks out and never comes home again. Did that dad really love his father? Or, excuse me, did that dad really love his son or his daughter? Absolutely not. We show God, we show man, we show one another our love by what? By what we show toward them, not a word. Jesus is saying here, God, I, I don't want lip service. You can call me Lord all day long, but if you don't do the will of the Father, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. If you don't show me you love me, you can call me Lord all day long. It doesn't really matter. Say all the words you want. You're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Has God ever really been big on lip service? Well, God says in Isaiah, chapter 29, verse 13, God's talking to Isaiah about the people, and he's speaking to the people through Isaiah, and he says, Inasmuch as these people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but they have removed their hearts far from me. Jesus quotes Isaiah's prophecy. Jesus quotes God speaking in Isaiah in Mark 7, 6, and he says to them, Well, did Isaiah prophecy of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The children of Israel, as well as many American people today, they go to church. Jewish people of that day went to their synagogues. They did their little worship thing once a week. And then what did they do for the rest of the week? They worshiped idols. They hurt their neighbors. They didn't love their wives. They worshiped false gods. Their hearts, their lives, their ways were far from God. Yet, they went to church. They professed God. They probably sang songs and sang hymns, who knows, but their hearts were far from God. So God told them in Isaiah 29, your hearts are far from me. Don't even bother, don't, don't even call me Lord. Your hearts are far from me. So now where it really hits home, where it really gets more scary than ever, who calls Jesus Lord, Lord, except for those who believe in him and profess him and claim 
to be his. Well, who would that be? Well, a Muslim's not going to call Jesus Lord, because to Muslims, Jesus was just a prophet. In Hinduism, Jesus is just one of the many gods that they worship. They're not going to call him Lord. Buddhism, Buddhism is just a way of great life. Jesus is just one of the many great teachers that has come along the way. So who's going to call Jesus Lord, Lord, except for a Christian or someone that believes themselves to be a Christian. Nobody else in the whole world is going to call Jesus Lord, Lord, except for the one that believes that they're his. That's what's so scary. Read verse 21 again with me. Not every Christian who calls me Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Or you could say, not everyone who believes that they're a Christian who calls me Lord, Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But only that person that calls and professes themselves to be a Christian and does the will of my Father in heaven. That's the one who's going to be in heaven. Most self-proclaimed Christians I have spoke with don't even know the will of God the Father. And if you don't know His will, folks, how can you be doing it if you don't know what it is? So let's read verses 22 and 23. He says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That even scares me even more and more, especially for those in America. Here's why. If we're not doing the will of the Father, what are we doing? So this week has been a long week of research and statistics for me. And I'm going to read you off some statistics that are going to blow your mind. Because he says here, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have you not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name. That's speaking about people that are, again, they're even doing some Christian things. They're even practicing some Christian principles. So let's look at statistics. According to Wikipedia in 2008, America Religious Identification Survey, which was not Wikipedia, this is a American Religious Identification Survey, says that 76% of all Americans believe themselves to be Christians. That's just one. But I have someone close in my life that says has a statement. He says, not everything on Wikipedia is true. So I believe that. So I, I go on down. So according to ABC News article in 2013 by De La Sussman, whoever that is, maybe you guys know who that is, I don't know, about Americans' view on who goes to heaven, 79% of all Americans believe themselves to be Christians. And we'll go one last further on. Some other one did some research as well too. In a 2011 article by hotair.com, 78% of Americans identify themselves as Christians. So that's three independent sources, three independent entities 
that all did the same review, that all did the same poll, and came pretty much within a couple percentages of exactly the same thing. That most, the majority, in fact, almost, almost 8 out of 10 Americans believe themselves to be Christians. But does the evidence of lifestyle and beliefs prove this number? So this is my next section that we're going to go into for statistics. Do, does the statistics that I found on people's lifestyle, how, we, how, we live, how people live, and what they believe, do, do those two things, those two categories, show 76 to 78% of people in America are Christians? They live as a Christian. Let's see. Alcoholism. According to aboutalcoholism.com, Website copyright 2013. So this is a brand new website, by the way. This is not something that's old. Alcohol is the number one drug problem in America. 78% Christians? Number one drug problem in the world? Doesn't seem to make sense. There are 12 to 14 million alcoholics in the U.S., there's about 350, as I'm doing all these numbers here, there's about 315 million people in America. So let's just give you an estimate. Three-fourths of all adults in America drink alcohol, with 6% of all Americans being alcoholics. People with higher education and higher income are more likely to drink. You'd think it'd be the opposite. People that are poor, on the street, you know, homeless people, but no. Statistics prove, numbers prove, people with higher education and higher income drink more. Now this one, if this doesn't melt your heart, I don't know what will. Americans as a whole, 315 million, you know, not all those are adults. Maybe half or more, half or less are, are really adults. So think more along the lines of like 150 million. Out of 150 million Americans, realistically, we spend $197 million a day on alcohol. $197 million a day on alcohol. That's almost $6 billion a month. And that's $72 billion a year that Americans are spending on alcohol. $72 billion a year. Now the Bible says that no drunkard or wine-bibber shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's not just alcoholic that's a drunkard. It's also that one that just has to drink. They just drink because, man, I got to drink. I got to I gotta, I gotta get it. I got to have it. Then maybe they're not an alcoholic, but maybe they can't stop drinking either. Maybe it's something that they just have to do. It gets scarier. Abortion. Going off the abortion numbers from Allen Guttenmacher Institute, AGI research arm of Planned Parenthood, Abort73.com came up with the amount of well over $1 billion a year just spent on abortions. That's not including the ones that are done illegally, that nobody knows about, which are tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
That's just over one billion that's recorded under our American society of people that are getting abortions. So abortion, the killing of innocent children, is an abomination to God. It's murder. It's murder. But many who claim to be Christians will tell you that they believe getting an abortion is okay. That's, you know, I've got my choice. I've got my choice. Now think about these numbers as I go through. 78 billion, or 72 billion, over 1 billion. Now that's supposedly done by 24% of the American population? Hmm. Seems like kind of high numbers because you know that that uh, that 24% is not all children. It's not all adults. So a lot of children. It gets worse. Pornography. According to purehope.net, as they have many sources that they reference in their, in their thing, but it's purehope.net. Pornography here in America is terrible. Are you ready for this? 12%. 4.5 million of all of websites are dedicated to porn. 12% of all internet sites are set to pornography. Or 4.5 million. The internet accounted for a USA's 2.5 billion of the adult industry. A total of the adult industry in America... 14 billion in the revenues of 2004. Now that's 2004, folks. That was a long time ago. Things don't get better. Cancer doesn't get better, it gets worse. That was 2004. Now this whole about this whole industry is an abomination to God, it's adultery. It's sexual immorality. But yet the Bible says that God made one man for one woman. So now that's a supposed 14 billion by that uh, 24% or 22% of people that don't claim Christianity in America. So just in case you were counting, that's well over 87 billion annually just in abortion, pornography, and alcohol. And those numbers for abortion and pornography are old. In the early 2000s, it gets even worse. What about divorce? Oh, divorce is so scary. Divorce is so scary. Check this out on a couple different sites. The overall divorce rate of Americans is 50%. Overall. First marriage, break it down. First marriage is 41%. Second marriage is 60%. Third marriages are 73% of all third marriages are ending in divorce. 73% are ending in divorce. God says in his word that he hates divorce. Among professing Christians, most Christians will tell you, well, you know, it just didn't work out. By the way, the number in the church, outside the church, all the same. The same number inside, the same number outside, all the same, whether you're talking about people in the church or people in the world. So it doesn't matter whether you got that 70, 76 or that 24, it's all the same. 
41, 60, and 73 as a total of 50%. So let's recap it all. What have the statistics shown us? Statistics say that 76 to 79% of Americans believe or profess themselves to be Christians. And since the word Christian means follower of Christ, and Christ would have done none of those things we just mentioned, then we have to say off of those statistics, the ones that Americans believe in their minds, that those massive, ungodly, unholy numbers will all have to be applied to the 21 to 24% of all Americans that don't profess themselves to be Christians. I don't know about you folks. If you paid me, I wouldn't believe that that was true. If somebody paid me, I wouldn't believe that 21 to 24% of the adult population of America could never come up with those numbers, ever. Ever in my life. Ever, ever, ever. Two plus two equals four. Not 87 billion. And if, yeah, it's just frustrating. These numbers just scare me. And I was shocked when I, when I researched them, and I hope you guys are too. Well, what about beliefs? What do people's beliefs show? Well, there's this group called Barna, and they do these polls. It's called the Barna Poll Group. And they're always doing a Christian poll, and they're polling all these people. And this time they did, back in, uh, let's see, 2009, Barna did a poll. And here is the name of the poll. After they did the poll, they named it, obviously. And the name of the poll is, Most American Christians do not believe that Satan or the Holy Spirit exist. Let that sink in. They polled about a little over 1,800 people from different, re from different regions all over the country. And the title of their poll was, Most American Christians do not believe that Satan or the Holy Spirit exists exist so listen to some of the polling answers let's do Satan first since he's last anyway 4 out of 10 Christians that's 40% strongly agreed that Satan is not a living being but is a symbol of evil an additional 2 out of 10 Christians 19% said that they agree somewhat well yeah, you know yeah yeah, I don't, I don't really so. Yeah, you know, I don't think so. Kind of, you know, with, with the perspective. And 6% were not sure what they believed about the existence of Satan. And one, uh, and one tenth, 9%, agreed somewhat. Well, you know, he, he might exist. Nah, maybe. Now, this is a poll, poll of Christians, people that said, I'm a Christian, not at the atheists across the street. Not the agnostic, not the Hindu, not the this, not the this, not the that. This is people that profess themselves to be Christians. Said, well, yeah, he, he might be true. So to me, that's, they don't know. They're not sure. They're not sure. So that's 74% either aren't sure or say no, that Satan doesn't exist. 74% of all of these Christians that they polled. What, what number does that remind you of? Oh, that number reminded me of the ones that said they were Christians. Oh. 
So 74% of all these Christians that they polled said that. With the minority, only 26% saying that he was what the Bible called him. 26%. Next, who is Christ? Although a core teaching of Christian faith is that Jesus Christ was the sinless Lamb of God, the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. They asked another question. Did Jesus ever sin? That was their next polling question. Well, more than one-fifth, 22% said absolutely he did. Absolutely Jesus sinned. 22%. They strongly agreed. With an additional 17% saying somewhat, yeah, I, yeah, I, he probably did. Yeah, I, I think most likely he did. 17%. While 6% didn't have an opinion. What? What? 6% said they didn't have an opinion? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. And they called themselves Christians. 6%. I, I'm, just, I'm just not sure. 9% agreed somewhat. Well, he, he, he might have. I'm just not sure. 9%. 54% of these Christians that they polled say either he was a sinner or they weren't really sure if he was a sinner. 54%. With the minority of 46% that disagreed strongly. No, he absolutely didn't sin. No, there's no way. Hey, at least it's 46%. I know it's still shocking, but hey, at least it's 46%. The next one gets worse. Holy Spirit. Much like their perception of Satan, most Christians do not believe that the Holy Spirit is a living force either. So overall, 38% strongly agreed that he wasn't real. 38% strongly agreed that he wasn't real real 20% agreed somewhat 9% agreed or disagreed somewhat while 9% were not sure 9% were not sure that the Holy Spirit is real they said that the Holy Spirit is only a symbol of God's power and presence but not a living entity that's 76% of professing Christians said they didn't believe the Bible and what it said about God's Holy Spirit. The triune God, folks. The triune God. The Bible says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Yet 76% of professing Christians that said, I'm a Christian, bless God, I'm born again, I'm, I love Jesus, said, we don't believe the Holy Spirit's real. So that means they don't believe one-third of God. While 24% strongly said he is a living force. In my research in 13 years that I've been preaching the gospel on the streets, maybe one, maybe two 
90% of everybody that I've ever talked to. So one to two people that I've ever talked to in my life witnessing for Christ have ever really been and believed and trusted and live lives, biblical Christian lives. One to two percent. Or I'm sorry, that would be 10 to 20 percent. Only one to two people out of 10. So in my own experience, as I've witnessed to thousands of people, I've had thousands of conversations, only 10 to 20% of all the people that I've ever talked to have ever really lined up with this Bible that I read every day or I listen to every day of my life. The Bible says, Jesus says, People shall know the truth, and the truth shall set them free. The Lord God of the Old Testament said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The poll beliefs closed with saying, Most Christians that we polled were confused. You better believe that they were confused. Because when you don't believe what the Bible says, when you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, and Jesus Christ comes out of this book and only out of this book right here, this Bible that I hold in my hand, and then you say, well, I don't believe those things that that Bible says, then how do you believe the Jesus Christ from the Bible either? The one that you just said, I believed in Jesus Christ. So what does this research on beliefs show us? People in America that believe they profess Christ were right at 76%, with 24% being non-believers. Polled American people on their beliefs showed that showed us that 50 to 76% of the people didn't believe what the Bible said in its core teachings. Folks, the evidence shows us that only about 25% of the people that profess Christ actually believe the Bible. Yet Americans say 76 to 78% say I'm a Christian. We have a little dispute here. We have a little confusion that's going on. What did we read in Matthew 7, 13 and 14? Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. Yet, like I've already said, many in America, the majority in America, what do they say? Oh, bless God, I'm a Christian. Praise God, I love Jesus. With Jesus saying, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, and then in 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shine to the kingdom of heaven. Pe folks, people are confused. Not just because you profess Jesus as your Lord, not just because you profess him as God, that means nothing to God, but those who do the will of the Father that is in heaven. Go back to 22 and 23. What did they do? Many will say to me, Lord, we, we've done wonders in your name. We, we've prophesied in your name. 
and we've cast out demons in your name. And you could even say for today's modern church, but Lord, I, I, I made people believe that I could heal others in your name. Because there's a whole bunch of fraudulent healings going out there on Christian, so-called Christian TV programs getting people to believe a false thing. It's a shame, folks. It's a shame. Jesus is speaking to some religious people in his day in Matthew 23, 27-28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed, or for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lewdness. And as I close, one of my most agonizing evangelistic people I've ever talked to my whole life, his words, and this is exactly what our poll shows us today. He says to me, I said, sir, can I talk to you about Jesus? He said, oh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Oh, I love Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. And I said, man, that's awesome, dude. Awesome. Can you tell me what it means that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And he put his hand out to me in my face and he said, oh, oh hold on, sir. And we were at a very partyish type of place. A lot of partying going on, a lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of people are having a lot of fun. He said, oh, oh, hold on, sir. Right now I'm out here to have my good time. But I'll see you in church on Sunday morning. He professed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Yet, to talk about Jesus outside church, outside of Sunday morning, he was out here to have his good time. I don't got time to talk about Jesus now, sir. Only Sunday morning, I'll, I'll talk about him then. But right now, I, I've got to have my fun. Where are you with God where are you with God? Many people here in America think that they are okay with God. But the statistics that I just looked up that are all over for the whole world to see, by the way, this is not uh, Ed's research. This is not Ed going and gathering numbers. This is Ed going on the website. And I, and I looked at websites and websites and websites and spent hours of research. Everyone can see these findings that everybody has. And they're all over. People know them, all the country, the government knows them, everyone knows them. Showed that people are confused and living in active, sinful lifestyles. Even according to what Christ said in Matthew 13 and 14, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, many versus the few. Many people think they are. Jesus said many people are going to go the way to destruction. Jesus said few people were going to enter life. And by statistics in America, few people show, by the statistics, few people are going to go to hell. And it's opposite for Jesus. He said few people were going to heaven. Which one of them are you? Are you one of the many? Or are you one of the few? So test yourself now. Which person are you with these two questions? Would you say that you believe in Jesus, but you're not sure if the Bible is accurate? So you don't live a life of following his teachings daily? 
but you believe in him and you you profess him as Lord. You call him Lord. You believe in him. You go to church. Hey, praise God. Or would you say that you believe in Jesus Christ and live for him and believe and obey his teachings and the teachings of the Bible daily? The Bible says that a real Christian is someone that believes in, trusts in, and follows Jesus Christ with all their hearts. They believe what Jesus said, and they work in their lives, and they exercise their lives towards godliness. They exercise their lives towards the things that he said, not the things I believe or that I say. Someone who has a relationship with God through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. On God's terms, not my terms. So in verse 23, if you are that right now, Jesus says in here in verse 23 that you are a practicer of lawlessness. And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And you may be saying, I don't practice lawlessness. Dude, preacher, you're out of your mind. I, I'm a good person. I don't practice lawlessness. Well, 1 John 3.10 says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. We are born sinful creatures. We're born tilted toward evil. We're born tilted toward sin. Our nature is sinful. It, we don't have to practice lawlessness. Lawlessness, folks, it just comes natural. I don't even have to try to do things that are evil. My flesh, my body, it just naturally wants to do evil. That's why John in his epistle, 1 John 3.10 said, it's only those that practice righteousness that are God's children. Because you have to go out of your way as a follower of God, as a follower of Christ, you have to go out of your way to practice righteousness and deny self because self is sin. Okay, you may be saying, yes, all right, I practice righteousness. Yes, I, 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 I do evil. And you know what? If you are, there's a lot of good people, moral good people in this country. There are. My last question, my last test for you would be to say this. Look back to verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Do you even know what God's will is for you to do? Do you even know what God's will is? Because if you don't know what God's will is, how can you be doing it? And if you can't be doing it because you don't know what it is, Jesus said you won't be going to heaven. Because it's only those that do the will of the Father that shall enter the kingdom of heaven. So what is the will of God? Matthew again. Peter, James, and John are walking up what they call the Mount of Transfiguration. And they're walking up the Mount of Transfiguration, which wasn't the Mount of Transfiguration yet, but it became that. And they get up to the top, 
And they're all standing there, and Jesus all of a sudden goes into his glory. And he's standing there, and he looks white as snow. The whitest sheet that you could ever see, all of a sudden he's absolutely in perfection. And Peter, James, and John are sitting there, and all of a sudden Moses and Elijah appear. And Peter jumps up and he says, Jesus, I see that you and Moses and Elijah, would you, would you like us to make... Three tabernacles, one for each of you, so that you know you can live in it. You can live in them since all you three of you are here. And out of nowhere, holy, awesome, almighty God's voice appears. And all of a sudden things get real quiet because it's only God speaking. And God says in Matthew 17, 5, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So what is God's will for your life? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. God is a triune God, folks. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They all work together. Jesus says, I only do the things which I saw my Father in heaven do. I only say the things that I hear my Father in heaven speak. But God doesn't want to speak like that from the clouds. Because He wants people to do what? He wants people to respect and honor and obey and worship and trust in and follow Jesus Christ. Jesus came as the great teacher, the Son of God, to take the sins of the world upon Himself, to die for the sins of mankind. To die for the sins of mankind. God in, the, God in the Spirit did not do that. God gave provision for your sin and my sin and everybody's sin on the whole face of the planet by sending Christ to die for the sins of mankind. So God says, what's my will? Hear Jesus. Oh, listen to Jesus. Obey Jesus. So it all goes back to those original two questions that I asked you already. Would you say that you believe in Jesus? You know, you'd call him your Lord, but you're really not sure that the Bible's accurate in all it says. So you don't really live a life of following his teachings daily because, you know, after all, the Bible's an outdated book, you know. I mean, that was that was for 2,000 years ago. That was that was for thousands of years ago. We, you know, it doesn't really relate to our, to our lives today because I've heard that a lot too. Or... Would you say that you not only believe in Jesus Christ, but you also believe in his teachings and you also live his teachings and the teachings of the Bible daily and you put your trust in him and you obey the things that he says to do. For it is only those that do the will of the Father that shall enter the kingdom of heaven. And since the will of the Father is that you listen and obey and trust in and worship Jesus, it's only those that believe in, trust in, worship, follow, and obey Christ's teachings that shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Are you there? Does your life resemble Jesus Christ? Does it or does it not? Are you the 76% that believe that you are? Because only folks out of that 76%, maybe only about 20, 20 to 25% is really going to go to heaven. This is a scary, 
section of scripture. What did I tell you in the very beginning? Scary. It's no joke. So many people are deceived in this country. It's not even, it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, it's sad. And I meet them every day and every week and they work around me and I meet them on the streets and they live around me. Everybody thinks that they're a Christian because they believe in Jesus. But Jesus said in 721, it's only the person that does the will of my Father that shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Wake up, Americans. Wake up, Americans. Please, wake up. If you're hearing this message right now and you're not trusting in Christ, you're not living for Christ, you're not obeying Jesus Christ, and you're not following your teachings, then you are in trouble. Not according to me, but according to the Bible, according to Jesus, which I trust in, which I believe this book 125 million percent, and there's not even that many percent at all. With everything that I have, my life is set on this book. Please turn to Christ before it's too late. I have one last section of scripture I'm going to read to you, and this is God's heart. It's in Isaiah 1 again. 13 through 20. And I'm going to go through it and I'm going to translate it to today. And this is God's heart for today. Isaiah says, chapter 1, verse 13. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the law of your God, you people of Gomorrah. Why did he say that? Because he was calling out to the children of Israel who live just like Americans do now. They did their religious festivals. They went to church. They celebrated Easter. They did all the festivals. They pray once in a while. They go to church. But that's outwardly. Inwardly, they're alcoholics. Inwardly, they lust after all peoples. Inwardly, they drink alcohol. Inwardly, they, they do abortions. Inwardly, they live like the world and they don't follow Christ. He says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand to trample my court? Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies. I can't endure the iniquity and the sacred meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are, they are a trouble to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. You cheat people. You lie to people. You do evil. You commit evil in God's eyes. You're in the bar on Saturday night and you're in church on Sunday morning. You're shooting up dope. You're drinking alcohol. We're committing abortions. We're into prostitution. We're into adultery. We're into everything. And yet, fornication, and yet we're in church on Sunday morning holding up our hands. Oh, bless.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise you, Jesus, my Lord. God just said it. I don't want it anymore. I don't want it anymore. Don't bring it to me anymore. I'll hide my eyes from your prayers. And he says, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Repent, God is saying. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, God says, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, you shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Turn to God, folks. Turn to God and cry out to Him and turn away from the abominations that God says and turn away from your evil. Turn away from worship of yourself. Turn away from your idols. <coughs> And come to Christ, believe in Him, trust in Him, put your faith in Him, obey His teachings. Repent, repent, and trust in Christ. God loves us, but we got to turn, or else I'll hide our eyes from our prayers. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, Lord God, that the statistics... Well, Lord, I don't thank you that the statistics show all this evil. But I thank you, Lord God, that there's the statistics are out there, Lord. The ways are out there, Lord. A life of adultery is what most Americans live, Lord God. The lives of idolatry, Lord God, are what Americans live. And yet, for all this, your hand is still outstretched still, Lord God. You're still calling people to repentance. You're still calling the 76% of deceived Americans. You're still calling them, Lord. You still say, come to me, please. Turn away from your sin and I can save you. I pray, Lord God, that you would save peoples. Turn them from their evil and turn them to Christ. Please, before it's too late. Save their souls. God, I pray that they would take a step of, even some not right now, Lord God, listen to this, would take a step of repentance and turn away from the service of themselves. Turn away from the idolatry of their jobs and of their lives and of their worlds that they live in and turn to you, Jesus Christ, and turn to you. And like God, you said, hear my son Jesus and listen to him and obey him. Please, dear God, turn people to you right now. Turn away from themselves and turn them to Christ. I love you, God. I praise you, God. I thank you, God. And I ask these things and I pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. We would like to thank everyone who has joined us today to listen to Pastor Ed Spagnoli bring us more biblical truth as he preaches verse by verse through the Bible. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged to respond to the word of the Lord today, as one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. If you would like to support this ministry or contact us for prayer, or for any reason at all, please visit gospelsavingchurch.com and enjoy our beautiful new website and click on the appropriate links. God bless you.